Well, what's going on, folks? Curtis Wilgerson and Scotty Borderline of Natty State Sports coming to you with the Friday episode of The Pod at the Palace. Arkansas got its doors blown completely off by Tennessee and what was a, a half full Bud Walton Arena Wednesday night. Um, I think, Scotty, we understand that people don't care about that and and rightfully so frankly the details don't really matter at this point so sure. uh we're not going to spend much time at all talking about this tennessee game as a whole other than maybe just some uh initial quick thoughts what yeah. do you got no I, I think so last night um i wrote the by the numbers tennessee made itself at home on the road um <laughs> and the whole time while i was writing that um I was thinking in the back of my mind exactly what you just said. Like when I was writing, like people don't care about the details at this point. And then I ended up writing like a an analysis of like, here are the numbers that tell the story of Arkansas's latest blowout loss at home. And so I get why people probably aren't reading it. Yeah. It's it's frustrating, it's isn't it? It's very frustrating. Um yeah, you know I think we've just been we've been in a state of frustration for weeks. Yeah. Because um, I know that I, I know this pod's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the stuff that we're writing is good, but the team is not. So interest is not there. Yeah. We're kind of, uh, we're kind of at their mercy yeah. and it's, you know, I think the crowd at that game last night was and the energy in that building was very indicative of kind of what we've seen from this team, you know, just a yeah. kind of a, kind of a halfway effort and, uh, you know, just a lack of uh, lack of intensity. You know, Arkansas and Bud Walton Arena used to be a place that overwhelmed opponents, and it was because of the style of play that Arkansas had, the brand of basketball, yep. uh, and because of the the atmosphere in there is second to none. And I'll say two things: um, when Bud when Bud Walton Arena is rocking, it's as good as anywhere you go right. in the country. Um, it was not that last night. There was a top 10 team in the country there. Uh, the place was half full. I understand why. I completely understand why. It's our job to sit there and watch it, but sure. it wasn't necessarily. I, I probably could have done other things in my life on <laughs> Valentine's Day. I get it. Yeah. Um, but I think that tells you kind of where people are at with this team right now. And it's, yeah. it's kind of a sense of apathy and just meh yeah. with I'm, everything that's I mean, going on. I thought that there might be a, a good crowd. I did too. For the Tennessee game because you, I mean, you you just mentioned Tennessee was coming in as a top top ten team or number eight in the latest AP poll, um, and if you just if you're just talking about Tennessee, like they've got a projected lottery pick on their roster, mm-hmm. a guy that I said multiple times last night I think could be an NBA rotation guy right now. Yeah, I'd, and he's I buy that he's different. Uh, Dalton Connect went for like an easy twenty two, looked like he barely broke a sweat getting wherever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Um, and then Arkansas was kind of, you know, it felt like they were maybe carrying some solid vibes from a weekend home win, um, first win on a Saturday. And then you take into account the game was at 8 o'clock. I get it was on Valentine's Day. I know you want to riff on that. But 8 o'clock on a weeknight, that's the time where you get your big crowds on a weeknight is a late game. Yep. Um, you had all the makings for, you know, what could have been a good crowd. They're just not showing up. Um, and I don't blame them. And they didn't, they didn't give – like Arkansas didn't give fans any reason to come back for these last three home games, which are going to be stinkers. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, my only point with the, with the crowd and again, like I, I get it. I a hundred percent understand, um, you know, had I not had a job where I get credentials to come into the games, like I probably wouldn't have bought a you ticket for this one either. Uh, rumor has it. 
I snuck in somehow. I think that's a rumor. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Kaywood. Uh, but at any rate, you know, here's my thing. Just if if that's how it's gonna be, okay. If you're not gonna fill the gym, the arena, no matter what, um, don't go puffing out your chest and getting upset when Duke comes to town or Kentucky comes to town or Purdue's in for an exhibition or whatever, and it's a packed house and people go, oh, we must be Arkansas Super Bowl. Well, you're proving them right <laughs> by, yep. by some of this. And I get it. If Arkansas was, you know, 17 and 5 right now or whatever, it probably would have been a pretty packed house. But, you know, you ride with them or don't. You know, so sure. you can't have it, but you can't have your cake and eat it too kind of situations. So that, that's my only thing with that. Um, the game itself, Arkansas made some shots early. That was cool. Then Tennessee decided to play defense and it was over. I mean, Tennessee, <laughs> they're just a better team. Uh, they're more talented. They're more more physical. They execute better. They're better coached. They're superior in every way. Yeah. Just, I mean, you nailed it, too, in the four-point play that we team up on before games. Um, you said, can Arkansas, you know, can Arkansas have the shot making to keep pace early? Yes. But they were making shots, but they were still in the, like one yeah. or two at like early media timeouts. And then the shots stopped falling. And Tennessee literally um, – made almost 70% of its two-point shots. They they put put up 92 on Arkansas, and they barely made any threes. Yep. Like, the thing that stuck out to me last or, uh, after the Tennessee game from Eric, and I promise we'll stop talking about this game soon, but he said, if you had told me that Zakai Ziegler and Dalton Connect were going to combine for two threes in this game and we were going to lose by 29 points, he said, would have told you there's no possible way. But this team – creates ways yeah yeah they do that happened <laughs> and uh yeah they got blown out again yeah and it, it was the other thing he said that I thought was interesting was um he was asked about the three-point defense which was good but then obviously they just got crushed in the paint yeah and I thought must nailed it when he was like no we we patch one hole like patch one leak and then another one forms yeah and that's just kind of what they're doing like you fix one issue and another one forms and it's just uh it's it's just a it's a flawed team, man. Yeah, um, very. And it, it's unfortunate. And yeah, I mean, we can we can move on from Tennessee itself, but it, you know that game was just kind of a microcosm of of everything that we've seen up to this point. And pardon me for the, the what's going to be a lengthy rant here, and I, I promise I'll, I'll pass the mic here in a second. No, you're but fine. like, I got nothing to add. You know, like for those <laughs> keeping score at home, I mean, it this is where you're at now. Like Arkansas, they're twelve and twelve on the year. They're three and eight in SEC play. They have five home losses, five losses yeah. in Bud Walton Arena. They have five losses in SEC play by 20 or more points. That's never happened. I went all the way back to when they joined the freaking league today. Lord. That's never happened before, and it shouldn't happen. Yeah. They're number 133 in the net. They're number 12 in the SEC standings. They haven't finished below 500 since 2009, 2010. Um, they're probably going to. This year, it just just you take a look at the way the schedule lays out Trend there. In that direction, you might say. Yeah, and so you know, I, I think it, it's not an exaggeration here to say, from you know, an historic perspective here, this season has been a mess, and it's probably about to get worse next week because they're traveling to a pair of places where uh, Muss has never won, yeah. um, and he's already planting the seed about the the short turnarounds and the schedule being weird. And I, I do agree with him with what the SEC has done this year with the yeah. buys. And, and he's the not the only coach in the league that said this. Exactly. Yeah. But who? But Bruce Pearl was yeah. all over it, and and so it is an issue. Um, that that's for sure. Uh, but like he said, like there's no excuse. Like everybody's going through it. It looks like at least once. Arkansas's got it twice here. 
but it's tough. But I, I think, you know, what we're going to try to do here is the most frequently asked question last night was, how did we get here? Yeah. And, you know, maybe we can answer that question. Maybe we can't. Uh, but, but what I will say, I understand everyone wants to know, like, exactly what is going on. Like, what are the issues? What, where are the problem starts? Who's, who's the problem? All that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with one that. And I'm all for, like, levels of transparency and accountability for this. It's been a debacle. People want to know what's going on. But I just, Scotty, I just feel like there are some things that aren't for public consumption. And I, I think it's been in poor taste for some of those who are out there who hear things or get info or tidbits or whatever, and they immediately put it out there and create a stir just to get some clout. And that really bothers me, uh, particularly when it's thing to me, like it's one thing about, you know, coaching rumors for Eric Musselman. Oh, is he, is he on the move? Like are other schools looking at him, whatever. Okay. That, that, that's part of the deal. I get it. Uh, but it's the stuff from within the walls of the locker room that bothers me. And to me, I think that's off limits. Like I've, yeah. I've coached, I've played. And for me, it's always like Vegas, like what happens in the locker room needs to stay there. Like you don't want your business in your home with your family out there for everybody to hear, you that, know, and yes. sometimes it's probably Rocky, <laughs> uh, but you know what? You figure it out and it's none of it. It's none of anybody's business. And I kind of feel like it's the same way uh, with, with just things that happen with a team. Like if I went and told everybody um, everything that happened in my locker room, when I was coaching, they would think it was a complete disaster. But guess what? We were going to the national tournament every year. We figured it out. It was yeah. a brotherhood. Families fight. Yeah. Stuff happens. I mean, it's the same way when I played AAU basketball yeah. at Little Rock with some, you know, with some guys that, you know, come from different came from a different background as, as me. Like mm -hmm. there were, um, I remember I think it was a at a high school teammate who had an older brother. Uh, he played on in like the same program, AAU program, and they were like, you know get done playing a game you got some free time you got a few hours and so there's like a you know like a grocery store walking distance they go there and then just like decide to ride all of the motorized scooters out just and ride them like out of the store down the sidewalk i remember there like there was talk of a gun in somebody's bag at one point like mm -hmm. that like nobody like nobody knows that stuff right you know outside of the dudes in the locker room mostly yeah. um but yeah, like this season has literally just had everything. It's had right. coaching rumors, player rumors, um, love triangle rumors, love triangle like, rumors. Like it's just it's yeah, absolutely insane. And I I think um I think the the Caleb battle thing, and I I feel fine talking about it now because he's already kind of addressed it. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a prime example where you know did we hear after the LSU game that he was suspended and he maybe he popped off and said something he shouldn't have said like yeah. We heard that. Do I know for sure that it happened? No, I yeah. wasn't in the locker room. And quite honestly, uh, I think it, from a common sense perspective that it's foolish to just start proclaiming on a Monday that a guy is suspended for a game that isn't until Saturday. First of all, it's, it's, yeah. it's not in, in any of our place to do that unless it's a team announcement. Um, but things happen like cooler heads prevail situations are fluid and had the whisper game not have gotten out of control he wouldn't be on twitter beefing with fans you know sure uh about something that might have happened might not have happened but if it did and it happened within the walls of that locker room like that's that's their business to handle sure. and it just gets amplified when it doesn't need to 
had that stuff not started getting thrown out there, then he would have just been playing. Yeah. He would just play it against Georgia as normal, and he wouldn't have been beefing with everybody. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it just creates an awkward situation. But I, my point is, like, it's, I think a couple things can be true, right? I, like, I think it, it, it's like a twofold situation. Shit happens with a team during the season, everywhere. Arguments take place, people butt heads, guys get in the doghouse. Welcome to college hoops. Um, it doesn't always mean that there's a huge chemistry issue or, or big problems or whatever. Having said that, with Arkansas, it's hard for me to believe that this season would be in the tank like it is um, unless the team either wasn't playing for each other or they weren't playing for their coach or both. Like, you can't f- convince me that these guys are just bad and this is just a terrible yeah. team. Like, something's up there. Yeah. I, no, yeah. No, I get you that. Know? And it's um, – we're not talking about a choir team, like a choir, a group of choir boys. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I mean, I could, oh gosh, I'm just thinking about everything that happened in my high school locker room. Like, I, exactly. forget AAU for a second. Yeah. My high school locker room, like, there was stuff going on. Kids were, like, other guys getting picked on, getting bullied. Um, you know, fights breaking out in, in the locker room that, you know, you go practice, come back, it heats up again like that. And that stuff just, it stays there. But I think there's such a, um, I think there is a want for dirt. Yep. People want the dirt. Absolutely. Because, and I don't blame um, them. No, I mean, that's, that's why we're, we, my favorite thing, like when Shams put something out about um, like something crazy that happened in the league, like I'm going through the comments. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah like there's such a want for dirt because you know, we know stuff like that happens, but you don't like there are obviously rumors about stuff, but you don't know what is and what isn't true. Um, I mean, I'm that way with with NBA stuff, and I'm sure there's Arkansas fans that want they want every bit of information. But um, yeah, like we like the the stuff that you've told me in the last <laughs> few weeks, like it's nuts, but it's, it's crazy. It's yeah. irresponsible to just take it and put somebody else's business out there and. You know, all this stuff like people, people hate the term, you know, they're handling things internally. Mm-hmm. Um, but stuff like that happens. Yeah. Freaking everywhere, dude. And like I mentioned earlier, it's not a this isn't a group of choir kids or a choir right. team or whatever. Um, there's some person that like there's personalities in the locker room and sometimes they don't all job together. Um, and it seem, may seem like a perfect marriage at first, but, you know, that's how relationships are like, you know, with, with the wife or whoever you're with, you have things start well, and then it, the bumps in the road are inevitable. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just how you handle those situations that move forward. I just, I don't know how well things have been handled um, because it, I don't think they're... Not very. I don't know how they're moving <laughs> forward, you know, in a positive way, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, uh, I think when you get to a point where uh, the most common themes that you're hearing after a loss from from players and coach are lack of competitive spirit and you know not playing hard enough which we heard both of those things from player and coach last night after the game yeah um are there some internal issues there yeah i mean there there just are whose fault is it you know what what's gone wrong who knows man who knows but yeah like is there something going on there yeah of course there has to be Mm -hmm. it's this is not a situation where you know, a, a less talented team is, you know, competing or, or you know, but they're just not executing or they're just not able to get over the hump. Like, no, like when you're um, 
when you have a team that was ranked in the top 15 in the country in the preseason, all of a sudden you've lost five SEC games by 20 or more points. You're getting blasted at home. Yeah. I mean, your average marginal loss at home this <laughs> year is almost, I mean, it's over 17 points. Yeah. Like, and I'm not trying to be a body language doctor, but you can just see like the frustration is all over these yes. guys. Yeah. And all over them. And I, I mentioned, I pointed out T Mark during the Tennessee game, like mm -hmm. he was just, he was on the bench just dejected. Yeah. Because he's never, I, I would imagine, he ain't dealing with nothing like this at Houston. Right. Like they probably like they probably had still some of the same stuff going on because that's happening in all, like every locker room. Mm -hmm. Um the guys get frustrated because this yeah. is nowhere close to what they what they imagined and uh the outlook's just not good at all. And now you're fighting and trying to find motivation to, for, for sure. to keep rolling because yeah. they're they're toast, man. Like unless they go win five games in five nights, you know, at the SEC tournament. Yeah. So um and then a lot of guys who who came um, obviously to win games and, and be part of a team and everything. But a lot of those guys are saying, Hey, like I saw what, uh, Ricky council has done and I, maybe I can transfer here and do the same thing. Yeah. And for a majority of these guys this year, I'm sure it hasn't gone according to plan. So there's individual stuff, there's ego, there's, you know, a lack of chemistry and then there's a lack of success. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure Mus is not an easy guy to deal with when, when the team is losing and it's just, it's a combination yeah, you of things. Bottle all that up. What can you do other than be frustrated? Right. And so I think that's why we see some of the, you know, I, I, I applaud Mus for, I mean, he's pretty much, he's going in depth when he's answering questions, but at the same time, it's almost like a shrug of the shoulders. Like what, you know, Mm -hmm. Like he said, you you patch up one leak and another one forms. You yeah. um, you get great play out of you know L and Keon at, at the point guard position one night, and it's a mess the next. And you know Graham and Mackay are, are balling in the front court, and then they didn't belong on the floor against the Tennessee guys last night. You just sure. you're to this point in the season, and you don't know what you're working with, and and you're just at this point, I don't think you're gonna figure it out. I um, think I think Eric's known for months though what he's working with, and it's not he's not working with a lot. Yeah. Because, he, I mean, he did tell us just <laughs> like shout out to Eric. Like he constructed this and then quickly I feel like semi quickly um, found out like it was, you know, maybe late non-con, mm -hmm. you know, things aren't going great. Take a loss. And, you know, it's just should have known when he said uh, not only does this team not have characteristics of past teams, um, it's just like just because it, the turnarounds happened in years past doesn't mean it's going to happen this year. And yeah. I think that was kind of his, that was kind of his signal that I just I don't know, yeah. but he he knew months ago that this was this was going to be probably a pretty bumpy ride. Yeah, and you know if you watch closely, and I was trying to pay more attention to body language and stuff last night, um, and I did I thought in the first half that they played hard, mm -hmm. um, but you can tell like when adversity hits, and we mentioned T Mark, and I remember one time he drove the lane. Wanted a call, didn't get it, and then he kind of threw his hands up. He's just jogging back down the floor. He doesn't get matched up with Connect, uh, who then drives it, and he just hammers a dunk on Graham. Well, Graham got dunked on because Mark was was loafing getting back. And then you could see those two guys kind of eyeballing each other. Yep. I saw a situation where, uh, on, on more than one occasion, where there was a defensive breakdown, and you know one guy's looking at the other, wondering why he didn't help or he didn't rotate over. And hands are up, and you can see them talking to each other. Meanwhile, Tennessee's scoring. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's it's that kind of stuff that tells you, mm -hmm. eh, the the frustration. It's like a, a a cumulative effect here. I think that we're seeing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, an adversity hit like Arkansas. I thought played, other than the 
17 points off turnovers that Tennessee got in that first half. They were Arkansas was okay. Like mm -hmm. all things considered, in a good spot, just down six. You're at home. Maybe you can keep making shots. But Connect and Ziegler come out of halftime. Boom, boom, 5-0. And they're, uh, they take an 11-point lead. And then a couple more minutes go by, and Tennessee leads by at least double figures like the last 15 minutes and build it up to 30-plus. If not for yeah. like a Joe Pinion and one, like it would have been a <laughs> would have been another 30-point L. Like they just they don't handle um, adversity very well. And I just – like I think a lot of these problems are just – they're – they're defense related. Like mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. And, um, and a just lot not of, a lot of indi good individual defenders. And yeah. that's you know, maybe you can. Maybe you're a good. Maybe you're a good offensive player. But are you like a team defense guy? And it it speaks to uh, some of the common themes with this team because defense is very. It's it's really it's two things. It's effort and communication. And so it's how connected are you and how hard do you play? Mm -hmm. And I mean, we were in the Bahamas, Curtis. And it's like, how many games into the year was that? Like six? Six or seven? Not even that much. Well, they played four, and then they went down there. Yeah. Okay. So we're like, we're watching these dudes warm up on like day two. And then that bit we that saw Memphis practice game. the day before. Mm -hmm. And we're like, vibes are pretty good. Like, feel yeah. like, you know, some good things might happen against Stanford day one. Just clawed out of that one somehow. And then day two, they're warming up, and we're like, these these dudes are either really focused or they don't like each other. Yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't tell which one it was. No. Yeah. But then when the game started, uh, you know, you compete with Memphis for a while, and um, don't know if it's – I kind of started to push focus mm -hmm. to the side, you know. I don't, I don't know. It's just been – the vibe The vibe has just not been great. You know, kind of when we can all see them all together on the floor. Yeah. Not a lot of talking. J uh, Jeremiah Davenport and Menafield are like the vibe coordinators. They and Everybody dance. else yeah. is just kind of, I don't want to say they're floating, but they're, they're just kind of there. There's, yeah. You know? There's, there's a difference and I don't there. I don't want to go look too much into that, but I've, I've well, had, we've had that thought since Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. No, we absolutely have. And, also, like again, if if Arkansas was twelve and twelve right now, and they were losing games, you know, in single digits, and had their share of struggles or whatever, you might be able to to talk me into that. I don't know, um, but I I I think they're quite a bit more talented than what they've shown. But I will admit that I think there are flaws to the roster construction here, especially in hindsight. Like they should have went out and gotten a true center. Like they should have went and got a big man yeah. uh, to compliment some of these other guys. I love Chandler Lawson, um, but they should have gone out and added a, a bruiser, a meatball. They should have done that. A meatball, and I love they didn't, that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think they needed it because I understood what they were trying to do. Yeah. Didn't work. Yeah. They, so that that's a miss there. I think there's a clear hole on the wing that was supposed to be filled by either Ron Holland or the return of Jordan Walsh. Neither one of those things happened. I think that's glaring. I also don't think that they expected Debo to come back until after they added all these other guards. And so I think you have a weird, crowded situation in the backcourt right. that you just can't really resolve because they don't because they have that hole in the wing. It's not as simple as just throwing one of those guys as a small ball four and rolling with it like they've been able to in the past with. Trey Wade or, or Aldis Tony or Stanley Mude or whoever like they don't they don't have that guy so really you got two to three guard slash wing positions and you got like eight guys and you know 
there's a log jam there. And so it, it gets weird. And I think the reason that's the case is because I, I just, well, I know they didn't expect Devo back until after they got commitments from all those other guys. And then it started to be like, actually, you know, he might come back. Well, of course you take Devo back, mm-hmm. but then you got to figure some stuff out. Um, early on in the season, it was, well, Minifield is redshirting. Well, then he gets eligible. The team's struggling. You mix him in there, and it's just another body. And yeah. I, I do think that had an impact. That doesn't mean Keon Minifield's a, you know, a poor for chemistry or anything like that. But when you add a body in the middle of the year like that into an already fr- you know loaded backcourt, I just feel like, you know, you can't tell me that there's not something to it there in terms of all those guys. So yeah, no doubt. And that's like just the all of the guys you feel like if they're engaged can help you in some way. So you, you know, sometimes you don't give a guy a shot and you give somebody else that, that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Eric, like against Tennessee, Eric gave seemingly everybody a shot. Um, it's a, and he played 20 different lineups, 20 different lineups in one game. 20, 20. He played 20 different com- combinations against Tennessee is what you're saying. Yes. I asked you and Ellis that. Earlier, maybe it was just Ellis. I asked him that, and his first guess was like nine or eleven, and I'm like, combine those, <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> do I need to like? I don't even want to do the research to see if he's ever done that before, but I guarantee you, he's never done that uh, this deep into a season. Yeah, because you normally you've got you've got your you know your rotation nailed down, and it's like you just know that these eight guys are going to play. Right. Or maybe a ninth guy if somebody gets in foul trouble, you know. Um, he, tried, he tried, like, literally pushed every button, uh, played 20 different lineups, and just the lack of consistency all the way around is what leads to that, and it's it's gross to watch. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll we'll see what this looks like here moving forward. I'm, I'm not very optimistic about this road trip. Um, Mm-mm. They haven't won in it, at Mississippi State since 2015. They haven't won in College Station since 2019. Must has never won at either one of those places. Yeah, and uh, they, you know, we've talked about it before. But like both of those teams represent a lot of things Arkansas struggles with in terms of physicality and you know toughness and all that. And uh, both of those teams are bubblicious right now. I was about to say that they're playing for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this could like right now. This should be a case for Arkansas to just go. What do we got to lose? Yep. And just go, just. But did they? I don't. Where's the pride though? Yeah. Like we might see if they've got an inkling of pride on this two-game swing. But you're absolutely right. Like A and M's fifteen and nine, six and five in the league. Mississippi State's sixteen and eight, five and six in the league. So those teams are they're trying to make moves, and they probably. They probably grasped the urgency yeah. of, you know, you cannot lose to Arkansas at home. That's where we're at now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because like, losing Arkansas, to Arkansas is a bad loss right now. At 133, bad, in the, it would be a, if Arkansas beat either one of those teams on their own floor, it would be a quad three loss for them. Yeah. And they can't take those. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're going to they're gonna be ready to play. Gosh, that is, uh, that's wild. Like, Arkansas is a, a quad three loss for Duke right now. Yeah, that's tough. They got the court storm. There are 20,000 people in there. Like, that was that was a, a situation set up for Duke to fail, and that's a quad three loss for him. We talked about this briefly, and then we can move on if you want. Yeah. Um, we're, I think me and you have a 
very shared frustration with these games in February. We've been spoiled, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Um, been spoiled with meaningful basketball games in February, and now it's just like, I don't know that I want to go to the Missouri game. Well, we're not going. Yeah, we'll be but, in Arlington. <laughs> yeah. But the, the Vandy game. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, man. It's tough. I don't know, man. It's 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 frustrating to not be covering, you know, games with stakes or consequences or that that matter. Yeah. Uh, for Arkansas, it's it's incredibly frustrating. It's the last thing I thought that would happen coming into the year. Oh, hundred percent. And full transparency, like we want to get into the weeds of the numbers and the yeah. chalk talk and the schemes and the X's and O's and the matchups, but we also have to, you know, keep an eye on what the what the listeners are interested in and what they're looking for, which is, you know, what is going on with this team? Why does it stink? What are they going to do in the portal? And so, you know, that's why we've geared a lot of our coverage towards that. Um, And Hey, that's great because I enjoy doing that stuff too. But like, like I I would love to be diving into the, you know, how is Arkansas going to defend Tolu Smith matchup? And, you know, can they, can they double down and, and sweep the Aggies and can they do a better job on Wade Taylor on Tuesday but you know, that's not what's getting us yeah. listens right now. So absolutely, I would love to write a story after a game and somebody read it. Yeah, I mean that'd be awesome, man. That would be awesome. But so nobody wants to do that, yeah. and I get it. I like I'm not yeah. upset with people for just not caring. Like right. we're just we're kind of like you said, we're all at the mercy of, of this team. Yeah, hang with us because we're we're gonna get through this season together, one way or the other, and uh, then we're gonna nail it come portal season. So uh, we all have something to look forward to. And also baseball starts uh, on Friday. So almost wore a baseball jersey in here. <laughs> I know, man. Uh, and uh, honestly, I think that's a perfect segue because I knew that the first the first bit of this was going to be just depressing, um, you know, because I know like Razorback fans are frustrated. The way football season went, the way this has gone, you thought basketball was like your your safe haven, like, oh, that's the sure thing. And now it's like, hey, like, you know, no pressure, Andrew, but baseball. Yeah, like winter and spring was supposed <laughs> to lift your spirits. <laughs> yeah, you guys got to bring it. Uh, but what we need to do here, because we, we got we to gotta maintain some vibes. I get it. It's all negative with basketball. Even when, like when things were going well at the Tennessee game, I tweet something out, you know, or whatever, and people were just, they were jumping on me about it. Well, wait till the end of the game, whatever. I commented on the crowd at the beginning of the game, and then people are still messaging me today, like, you understand why nobody's there now? I get it. I legitimately just asked like if there was bad traffic or an accident or something yeah. because I heard some people talking about it. And I was like, maybe it'll fill in. It didn't. Yeah. Um, it was so what like I it's get a it. Valid question. I mean, yeah. Something could always happen with at the tunnel. Right. Know, yeah. Coming up. It usually 49. does. Right. Yeah. But from a vibes perspective, you know, Arkansas is getting ready to go to Mississippi State to the hump. It's weird. They don't play well there historically. Mississippi State's always just kind of been a tough matchup for Arkansas with their style of play. We'll see how excited people are to watch that game at 1 o'clock on Saturday, but maybe, just maybe, we can restore a little bit of vibes going into the weekend uh, with just some just some fond memories, Arkansas-Mississippi State memories of any variety. I, I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've got a handful. I don't know if you have any, Yeah. Uh, but maybe we can – Maybe we can get the people going a little bit before sure. the Razorbacks get down to Starkville. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, you mentioned it earlier. One of the things that I had was uh, 2015 mm-hmm. as my senior year of college. 
Um, and I was riding with that team. Yeah. Like I remember Arkansas went down to Starkville and won 65 to 61. I think that was a Saturday game because I was back at home in Sparkman and uh, my living room had like this coffee table in the middle of the the, the rug mm-hmm. uh, in the living room. And I sat on the coffee table the whole time and watched the game. And I just was like living and dying on on every shot. Um, and that was a that was a tough one because Arkansas shot 35 percent in that game. Ooh. And Mississippi State barely shot 41 percent. So it was a tough, tough watch uh, if you like to see the ball go through the rim. Um, but it was a I just remember that that team was like in a groove uh, at that yeah. point. Kai Madden had 16, uh, Michael Qualls 14, Bobby Portis 13, nine, four blocks. Like that'll play. Yeah, that team was that team was rolling or playing pretty well at that point. Um, and then, you know, earlier, I think it was a couple weeks before that. Yeah, Mississippi State came here and Arkansas held Mississippi State to 41 points and State had like nine in the first half. There we go. <laughs> I can't, I remember, I went to the that game with my buddy Ryan Taylor uh, he like basically lived on the futon in my dorm room. Um, the crowd was just so in it to to see if Arkansas could keep them in the, in single digits in the first half. Like, and that that was a a rock fight game if there ever was one. Like, hundred and two total points. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of reminds me of like that Tennessee uh, Arkansas game a couple of years ago, but just mm. like stakes were a little bit lower in that one but yeah um the cheer of the crowd when arkansas went into halftime with with you know state still at nine points was it was electric it was a lot yeah, of fun that's awesome man i mean i just even since getting on the beat like i remember uh my first year was the covid restricted year like you were the the attendance was restricted or whatever uh but i remember the hogs were on a heater and and mississippi state came in uh and arkansas just punked them they held them to, to 45 points in that game uh, but the biggest thing for me was I remember that was arguably Connor Vanover's best SEC performance as a hog. He was Dude, really yeah. good one time against Auburn, uh, but he had 13 points, eight rebounds, three blocks in that game against Mississippi State, who had Tolu Smith and uh, what was who was the dude that got the buzzer beater tip in against oh, the Hogs the year uh, before? Abdullah Do. Yes, he was yeah, still had there. The tip in with like no, virtually no time left. Yeah, and, and so crusher. so that was a a big team, and I just remember Connor playing really well, and Arkansas winning that game. And then two years ago, uh, I remember Arkansas, they were on the heater again. They were doing that thing where they were figuring it out. And Mississippi State came into Bud Walton Arena, and it was um, Arkansas won the game. It was, it was low scoring. It was like 63 to 55. It was kind of a clunker. Uh, but what I remember about that was it was a Saturday evening, and it was a packed house, and the Link Academy basketball team was sitting right in front of us from press row. And so that was Jordan Walsh and all those five-star recruits in there. Yeah. And it was it was just a madhouse. Like, the place was so loud. You could tell those guys were really enjoying themselves. And so I'm thinking, like, I know Arkansas had a couple recruits there um, last night for that Tennessee game. And I'm like, dude, like, that experience compared to what those Link guys experienced that night against Mississippi State, it's just two completely different worlds, yep. honestly. Um, and not really – I went back and looked, and I didn't realize this – until I got on hog stats. And so I don't know if it's necessarily a fond memory, but it's interesting. Uh, Nolan Richardson's last game he yeah. coached was against Mississippi State, a loss at Mississippi State. But yeah, all the way back in 2002, um, that's kind of crazy. Like the end of that era, 
Uh, Gennaro Pargo went for 35 points in that game. Bucket getter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had to be, so. That had to stink to go out last game in Starkville. Oh, yeah. Man. Tough as that. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a tough one, man. Um, miserable night. Probably a miserable ride home. Right. Yeah, and the it's other, not just... Dude, the, it's, uh, Sam Pittman's first win. Yeah. At Mississippi State. Yeah, you there know? you go. Like, let's yeah. go. Football, Shout out baby. Greg Brooks for the pick six to get, get the <laughs> yeah. thing started. Um, <laughs> the other one... Um, Take you back a little. You might remember this back in 1952. Yeah, it's my wheelhouse. Arkansas scored its first 100 point game against a college team. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess you're playing like high schools and local YMCA squads. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Arkansas hung 102 on Mississippi State back in 1952. Um, and then Arkansas's largest SEC game winning margin um, beat Mississippi State 115 to 58. Ooh. Also, I did you know, because I'm on Hogstats too. Shout out to Hogstats. Arkansas and Mississippi State, I don't believe, have ever played both as ranked teams. Oh, like wow. they've never had like a ranked versus ranked matchup, and they've played 68 times. That's crazy. That's pretty wild. Well, they ain't gonna change this year. So <laughs> yeah. And it's just like I've I've talked in the past about Starkville's just a tough place to win. Um played 30 games there and won seven of them. Like yeah. that's just that's hard and A and M's another place that I've always said is is tough to win but Arkansas I feel like they're kind of they're like middling mm -hmm. um, against Texas A and M whatever yeah feel good we got to keep the feel good Friday but yeah the, uh, the I actually I legitimately do feel a little bit better after that yeah I do yeah <laughs> I just you mentioned the, the Pittman winning his first game there and first thing I thought about like I just said was Greg Brooks like yeah. that was a that was a heck of a moment yeah that was um, awesome was that the first time he said turn that turn that damn jukebox on I think Had that, to I think that was it yeah um I remember your check just kind of like I don't want to say it was awkward but it was like the team was just like ready to get crunk in the locker room and, <laughs> and your check was like whoa 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 gotta give the game ball to Sarah Pittman <laughs> and then they went nuts yeah that was uh yeah, I'm getting tingly all over again yeah Gosh, man. Well, okay, that was good. I feel better about that. And actually, I'm just gonna go ahead and, and spoil it now. Like, that's gonna be a segment on this show moving forward the rest of the year. Feel like when we record yeah. Monday, we will do a feel good Monday or we'll make it sound cool for Texas go. A and M. I got some good ones for that. But uh go. yeah, this is uh we need this. Um, you know, as guys who man. cover the Razorbacks and I know the fan base needs it too. So I I think we just did everybody uh did everybody a solid with that. We're going to do everybody another solid, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, listen, we made some updates to the to the Portal Big Board. Uh, how cool is that? And first of all, let's just throw out there that, you know, the last time we had a discussion about the Portal, we had added a bunch of guys, um, like, right behind you, actually, who were, you know, guys who we thought, you know, they might have be on teams where their coaches are about to get fired or maybe they're going to take another job or retire or whatever. Um, the more this is developed, I think we nailed a lot of those, including Ohio State, who has already fired Chris Holman. So those dudes on that board, Felix Akpara, uh, the Bruce, Bruce Thornton, Thornton come kid. Come on down, buddy. Yeah, so listen, go ahead and, like, they're, they're going to be moved to the top of our big board because they're probably going to be available. And they're going to be right next to Anderson Garcia. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, so we feel good about that. There are some other hot seat programs, at least one in particular, uh, that I've been hearing more and more about, and it's Oregon State. Um, mm. Beaver fever, man. You know, like they had that Elite Eight run when Arkansas was at, made it to the Elite Eight in Indianapolis. If you remember when we were getting ready to watch the 
we're getting ready to watch the Baylor game in Lucas Oil, and they had this huge-ass curtain that's down in the middle, and then just to the right of us, Houston and Oregon State are in the middle of their game. That's sick. Uh, so it was like AAU Elite Eight basketball. Right. <laughs> like it was, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, that was the last time Oregon State was good, and it's tanked since then. Uh, you know, they're obviously not a very good team, but they have, dude, just I mean, a, a absolute dynamite scorer on that roster. His name is Jordan Pope, and he's a sophomore guard. Uh, just a, a big time scorer. He's averaging 17 points per game, 2.3 rebounds, 3.4 assists. Uh, he can really go get it. He's only 6'2, but this guy can really play. He's kind of that give me the ball, let me create, let me get a bucket, build this team around me kind of guy that we've talked about. Um, and he's got he's got some stuff to him. He's the one who hit the uh the buzzer beater when they oh, beat, Arizona. beat Arizona. Yeah. Nice. He's that guy. Nice. Um, and then I think the next game, it wasn't a it wasn't a game winner. But he hit like a crazy half court shot at the, at the buzzer to beat halftime against whoever they were playing right after that. So like he's kind of got that clutch gene to yeah. him. He'll take Seems that last like shot. Dude. Yeah, uh, my kind of guy for sure. Uh, so we had to get an Oregon State guy on there, and then you ran it back uh, with a little bit of window shopping at South Carolina at a dude who I got to admit, Scotty, I didn't even think about when the Razorbacks played them, but probably should have and. Uh, yeah, if, if he becomes available, and it's interesting because Lamont Paris is kind of becoming a very sexy coaching carousel candidate. So you never know with that roster. But yeah. tell us about uh, tell us about your guy who I just completely overlooked when they came to Fayetteville. No, so it, don't blame you. It's like he's a. I feel like he's a perfect compliment compliment piece um, on a roster, and he's like, I don't want to like oversell this kid, but he's. I feel like he's a key part of the reason that South Carolina um, is having the year that they're having. Like, you can throw out the – like, I'm not – people are going to get their doors blown off at Auburn. That's just how Auburn plays at home. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, he had 19 at Auburn. And mm -hmm. so the dude can play. Um, and you're looking – like he only scores, what, like 61 points or whatever? Yes. Um, so, I mean, he's close to scoring like a third of their points. He's – Colin Murray Boyles, he's a freshman. And the more that I looked into him, um, might be a little bit of a stretch, but I think you're you you made a lot of sense with the the Lamont Paris talk. Mm -hmm. Like he's he's got he's got national dudes talking about he's in the running for national coach of the year. Yeah. Like you're talking about a program that was picked last picked to finish last in the league. Lamont Paris trying to tell him. Right, and he's he's already connected to Ohio State because he was a, a Big be. Ten assistant or whatever. Yeah, so you know, he might move on, yeah. and then hey, maybe maybe this kid Murray Boyles follows him. Maybe he just enters the portal, and you could yeah. throw a bag at him. But it could be a stretch to say that he'll leave because he is a Columbia, South Carolina kid, like yeah. homegrown. Yeah. Um, but I've been super impressed with him. He's long, more than capable. Score he had thirty, scored thirty one on Vandy, which. Vandy, whatever, but scoring thirty, like scoring thirty was easy. Right, everybody would do it. Mentioned the game he had against Auburn. Uh, he's good on the glass. Like he's one of those guys too. Like we talked about the Hakeem rate. Like you add their steal and block percentage together, yeah. you get the Hakeem rate. Um, I haven't looked at that, but I've looked at like his game log, and he'll give you like combined, you know, four four blocks and steals in a game, five blocks and steals, six. Um, so he could he could help you out defensively too. Um, he's like in that nice, perfect, pretty little range where he's six seven, about 
225, 230, um, somewhere Smith in there. On him. The, thing that, the thing that intrigues me and makes me think that he could be a kid that leaves even though that's where he's from, he's averaging 20 minutes a game and starting roughly half their games. And so maybe he wants an opportunity to be a bigger piece on a team, you know, if he, you know, could just grows a little bit more. Um, yeah. I think he's a big part of the reason, you know, the Gamecocks are, I think they're for real. Like they're really growing on me. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're really good. And uh, he's really good too. So if he, if he becomes available, uh, you heard it here first. I mentioned to you, we were watching the early stages of South Carolina, Auburn, um, before Tennessee started. And I'm like, I look at South Carolina and I'm like, I don't know how they're this good, but they just have a bunch of guys that just do their freaking job. Yeah. And Murray Boyles is is a kid that that it clicked with them right away as a freshman. So that's that's promising. Absolutely did. Uh, interestingly enough, we've got another guy who uh, Arkansas has already faced this season, actually, from Old Dominion, who has already announced that he will enter the transfer portal. And that's uh that's Old Dominion freshman guard. Uh, Vashan Aletti. Uh, now, this is a kid. He only scored four points in that game against Arkansas, whatever. Uh, but he's a bucket, man. I mean, if you take a look at him, 17 and a half points per game as a true freshman. He had some huge games. I think he put, he might have 30 piece Arkansas State. So he was giving Darian Ford the business there. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, 5.7 rebounds per game, 3.1 assists, pretty efficient as a shooter. Um, and he's a true freshman. Now, listen. He got he's the reason he's already announced he's entering the portal is because he got dismissed from Old Dominion. In fairness, uh, don't know what happened there. I have no idea. Uh, so you got to do a background check. Yeah, you know, he hasn't played their last five games and figure out what's going on. But it's been it's been crazy at Old Dominion. Like their head coach, they got to they were at that Emerald Classic or whatever in Hawaii. Their head coach has a heart attack, and he's also I saw battling like prostate cancer or something wow so he's been through it he had to step down so like an assistant has taken over the team so they've had a lot going on there clearly he did something you know so so who knows what that is what that other teams are having stuff go on yeah exactly the program too. that's wild that, that's exactly right so um we'll see but obviously as a true freshman to put up those kind of numbers that's definitely somebody that you uh that you check on um, and he checks the box of you know must knows who it is. It's prepared for him, uh, scouted him in the past, and you know that's uh, that that's kind of in the wheelhouse there. So probably a name to know, and then we'll see if anything comes from that. Um, and we've also been adding, you know, guys off the teams who Arkansas has played. Uh, they got in a run there where they were playing teams for a, a second time, like Georgia, that uh, I think you know drew, drove home our point on a guy like Silas Demery. For sure, uh, Tennessee though. You see anybody for the Vols that that caught your eye? I know we've gotten some suggestions too in the uh, in the chat and in the comments when we do these portal segments. So. For sure, yeah. Shout out to uh, Grant Stevens on Twitter for this one. Uh, Toby Awaka. Yeah, like him. Um, he is a grown man. <laughs> he is. Yeah, six eight, two fifty. So ideal height, and he's got some girth to him. Yeah, and that's what I mean. He'd be. Like if he stepped, if he was on Arkansas's roster right now, he'd be like their heaviest guy. Not that you're looking for heavy guys, but you mentioned a meatball earlier, which I'm still like I've been thinking about that ever <laughs> since you said it. He's not exactly a meatball, but he gives you gives you good size. Um, fun fact, by the way, he's Toby Awaka is a sophomore, um, comes from New York, same hometown as Amari Stoudemire. Oh, really? Amari Stoudemire, one of my favorite players growing up, part of the Seven Seconds or Less Sons. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm in on guys in the front court that Rick Barnes likes. Heard that. 
is they've developed a big rep over the years for just having dudes that, you know, that look like they're literally chiseled yeah. from stone, uh, like Schofield mm-hmm. and uh, another Josiah Jordan James is another one. We, like, right. Transparent, we talked about his arms before the game. We did. Like, he's Looks just, great. Like, just <laughs> chiseled, dude. Um, I like him a lot. I do too. Low maintenance offensively, just mm-hmm. another, you know, do what needs to be done guy. Yeah. Arkansas, Arkansas, I feel like they it, they may have one or two of those guys, maybe. Um, you need a team full of them. Yeah. And starting in the front, that would be a – maybe your front court might be the most pressing need. Probably. Um, so I like him a yeah. lot, a and, lot. And, and big guys don't usually leave Tennessee because they've developed them so well there. But That's it's not true. like he's playing a ton of minutes. Yeah. So, you know, like stranger things have happened – uh, but yeah, like if, if he uh, if he could becomes available, like that's the kind of dude you need to come in and uh, you know throw some bodies around for sure. So yeah, and he's pl- he's played you know he's a young guy sophomore this year, but he I looked up that he was a member of the 2023 men's U19 national team, um, averaged a double double, led led that whole event in rebounds and double doubles. So um, I'm all for guys that can go do that, get on the glass, give you some buckets too. Um, and low maintenance, like I'm all I'm all about too. A kid like a JD Note, Eric just I, I missed that. Mm-hmm. Like Eric talking about a guy that's like low to no maintenance. Yeah, you, you just need those dudes to just go do their job. Hundred percent. Six eight two fifty doing his job sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we had another big man that was put onto our radar. We had multiple people who who chimed in and commented mm-hmm. on this, so thank you for that. Uh, no sooner than we talked about Florida Atlantic and, and their big man, Vlad Golden, who I love, um, well, this guy for UAB absolutely dominated him. <laughs> and so uh, this was a name that was thrown out at us, Yaxel Lindeberg. He is a 6'9", 230-pound junior. For UAB, this is a dude who's averaging a double double, like twelve, yeah, twelve point five points, ten point run rebounds per game. Uh, and UAB is a pretty good program. Yeah, he absolutely gobbles up rebounds. I want to say he had over twenty in that game against FAU. Mercy. Um, and so if you can grab twenty rebounds on, you know, a team as good as FAU, you can probably grab, you know, plenty in the SEC. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah, big dude finishes i love anyone who averages a double double so sure if he wants to uh you know prove himself at a higher level and becomes available sign me up for that great suggestion uh by our friends you know in the uh in the chat in the listener conversation there uh we have one more that we're going to add and we are taking a, a direct shot at our dear friend of the program coach z Matt Zimmerman, because he, listen, he was at our launch party. He was checking out the board and, uh, we were talking to him a lot about a lot of different things. I know he's got some buddies over at, uh, at Samford who took just, just, they, they got us. Okay. With a bet, um, just beat the brakes off at UNC Greensboro. Yeah. um, On UNCG's home floor. On UNCG's home floor. And, uh, we overlooked the fact that these Samford guys were 23 and three. Yes. Uh, That that was on me. Yeah, it was on me too. And and full full disclosure, we told you know uh, Coach Z that we were unaware of how good Sanford was. He was like, "Oh no, could could have told you they'd be able to handle you." I know, UNCG. Bu- I know about Bucky McMillan, Bucky yeah. Ball. Like I know Sanford's a good story. I right. did not know at the time going into that game they were twenty and three. Yeah, they're they're cooking. Uh, turns out Z's got some buddies on that staff over there, and he told us 
you know, that we're, he said, you guys are cutthroat you know, with, with your portal big board. You got you to stay away from my guys over there at Sanford. No, no, Z, you're right. We are cutthroat, and so we're not <laughs> staying away from them. Uh, they have a big man who just, listen, anyone who goes by the name Akor Akor, uh, you got to have him, yeah. okay? You got to have him. I don't know anything about him other than he's their best player. <laughs> okay, so. I'll give you something that might make your, might make, get you tingly inside. Yeah, get me going. 26 nationally in block rate. Great. I was going to say, he's 6'9", 227, so that's a big body. We talked about the need in the front court. Uh, he's a junior, so again, a guy who's balling out at a lower level. Those are typically the ones who uh, might be enticed uh, to enter the portal and, and try to transfer up. Arkansas is going to have plenty of playing time in the front court, man. I'm just saying. Yeah. And this, this, this dude's protecting the rim. He's averaging uh, 15.4 points, 5.9 rebounds. If I remember correctly, he's knocking down threes. He is. I was just Dude. about to say that. I yeah. mean. <laughs> Almost 47% from the year. Like low volume, like 45 on the year. Um, in conference play, 48.3% on 29 yeah. So step out and shoot that thing. Yeah, come on, man. That's that's I think what we that's, need. I think that's kind of what we were like best case scenario, hoping Chandler Lawson would do. Yes. Like be selective about your your perimeter jumpers, but and I mean there's something to work with. We just haven't seen it. Yeah. Um it would be nice if Arkansas had a big that could, you know, give people fits at the five spot, stepping out and knocking down a three, you know. Yeah, it would be. Um, real fast, do you know Sanford's lost one game in league play? Okay. Do you know who it was to? Um, Furman. Furman. Let's go. <laughs> Furman. It's the only other team I could think of yeah. in the league. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marcus Foster, 22 points, 11 boards in that game. Listen. Look, Furman, like, I'm going to be so locked in on the SoCon conference tournament. It's going to be gonna a blast. Be, we might do a live stream for the SoCon conference tournament. There's going to be future tournament. Razorbacks in that tournament. I guarantee you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we're on it, dude. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah. Sanford, Sanford's really fun. Bucky McMillan, dude, I don't like that's a name like this coaching carousel. I think starting mm. to, starting to spin. Oh, it's gonna get weird. Bucky McMillan's gonna get him a hell of a job. Yeah, he's he's an, he's done an incredible job at Sanford. Like I know about Sanford because of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's done a great job there. Exactly. Okay. Well, listen. I think we approached this the right way because we had to get the we had to get the this season talk out of the way early, um, and that was tough. And I was down, but then we had a little feel good Friday. Remembered that hey, and Arkansas has had success against Mississippi State in the past in a variety of sports in a variety of settings. Yeah, we needed that, and then we moved on to uh, to the future, which is still bright. You know why? Because there's going to be two thousand kids who hit the transfer portal at the end of the season, and you're going to get some new bodies in here, some new faces. Um, hopefully it supplements, you know, some some promising guys coming back. I don't know. It might be an entirely new roster. We'll see. But regardless, uh, it's exciting times. It's been rough, you know, rough going here for a little while. Arkansas basketball is going to be fine. They'll rebuild. It'll be okay. We're excited to cover it, uh, and we're going to knock it out of the park. You so. want another Mississippi State Feel Good Friday? I do. Yeah, give us, give me one more. Do you remember the time that their baseball team won the national championship? I do. They haven't made the tournament since. That is that does make me feel good. They haven't made the postseason since. That does make me feel good. And that. after after uh, DVH leads Arkansas to the College World Series title uh, this season, I don't care if they make the tournament next year. I don't care. <laughs> but just get it done this year. It, you owe it to the fans, okay? You owe it to the fans. Facts. Good luck on opening day. Take mm -hmm. care of James Madison. Yeah. James Might. Madison. James Madison. James Madison. Yeah. Might be there. 
Yeah. We're doing that? Late oh, yeah. Palentine's Day? We're in there. All right. I love it. Palentine's Day. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Let me hit it's... check out on them tickets then. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, no, Scotty, um, appreciate you, brother, as always. It's, yeah, it's been a pleasure you. doing this with you, even though this you team do a lot, has been... Like, uh, full, full disclosure, Curtis does a lot of legwork on this show. Um, I feel bad sometimes because he's setting everything up. He's leading it off. Got all of his notes over there. I feel like I'm weighing him down sometimes but appreciate you brothers this is always fun you're the face of the program and uh that entire <laughs> big board it. is is your doing <laughs> i might i might have provided a few names but everything that's on there you've done so listen this is a this is a group effort and it's been fun and we're gonna get through this season uh we're gonna get through portal season and we will get through this mississippi state game on saturday for better or worse and then we'll uh we'll talk about it so be on the lookout for that uh, but as always, for Scotty Bordelon, this has been uh, Curtis Wilkerson with Natty State Sports. It's been the pot at the palace. We appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you soon.